We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. We're coming at you after another blowout. We've done a few pods this year uh, after blowouts. We have not done many after Timberwolves blowouts. And tonight, it, it was that. The, the Wolves won 128-96 to over the Orlando Magic. The Wolves were up by 43 points at one point in the third quarter. It was, uh, it was not a close basketball game. So really, for me, my, my main takeaway is just how different of a place you know this Timberwolves team is and this Magic team are. And I think the Magic, you know, they kind of represent these other teams, right? They're, they're similar to the other teams in the tanking standings that the Wolves, you know, are are there with. Which sounds, you know, it sounds weird to say given that Minnesota and Orlando have the, you know, have the same record now after this win. They're both twenty-one and forty-seven. But I do feel like. You know, this game's pretty indicative that where Minnesota is is in one place, where Orlando is is another. And I know this this win will feel a little empty, you know, to a segment of you out there. You know, I, I hear you. I read the emails. Um, many of you feel that they should be, you know, losing these games to to gather lottery balls. And, you know, I, I, I hear that. Like, as I record this, the Wolves are now in a a four-way tie with Orlando, Oklahoma City, and Cleveland. Um, you know, they're who are ahead of Houston and Detroit, but it really does look like the Wolves are going to fall to that fourth or to that sixth slot, which drops their odds down to 27.6% um, of keeping their pick. Obviously, that's down from the high watermark of 40.1%. And that that hurts. Like I I, I get that. I mean, those of you who've been listening, like I didn't think. I didn't think this was going to happen. I didn't think they were going to fall down to six. 
And, um, you know, it's, there's a cost with that. And, and that's, we just went through it. There's a 12 and a half percent drop in keeping your odds. And it's also, you know, meaningfully, if you're, if you're in the, the one, two or three slot, one of the, those three worst records, you have a 14% chance at getting the number one pick. And now in the sixth slot, if the Wolves do fall there, you know, it's only a 9% chance of getting Cade Cunningham. And, you know, that, that hurts, particularly if you're on like the, the Cade Cunningham will be a star train. Um, there, there's, there's a cost to these wins. And there's a value too. And so like, that's just kind of what, again, you know, I want to continue to talk through a little bit tonight. And I don't know what, what I've been kind of coming to as I, I don't know, this is probably just trying to find justification for the winning, but I, I'd started to just really think about this Wolves team and granted they've been winning unlike the other tanking teams. And it's just that they are sort of in this different place than a lot of the other teams are. They're just at a, you know, they're at a different rung on the ladder yes they're like the record is the same which is kind of embarrassing but you know the wolves are kind of already in their spot where you know they're, they're ready to go they they already did their tank right a year ago they, they got their number one pick you know in many ways like the houston's detroit's cleveland's oklahoma city's and orlando you know they're hoping in a year to be where the wolves are from a you know a roster standpoint and, you know, I mean, there are looming questions about this Wolves core and, and what they might look like in a healthy 82-game season. Like, we're not crowning them at all of being at some high rung on the ladder. But I do think... I think what's shifted for me is I do think they're in a place where the players are now actually starting to believe in what is in place here in the roster. And, again, you know, based on your cynicism level, like, that might not mean anything to you. Like, who... You might think, who cares what the players think? But for me, one thing that's starting to stick out is one player in particular, and that's D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, that's one, that's the way he's playing. He's been playing really well. But it's been interesting to to talk to him over the course of this past month now that he's been healthy and just kind of the way a lot of his, you know, his tone has has shifted. I mean, I've been on these Zoom calls with him all season and his tenor is like, it's totally changed. I, I don't think that D'Angelo Russell really believed in this team early on in the year. And, you know, I mean, it's just my read on D'Lo is he's a, he's a no-bullshit guy. And I do think I, I do think he seems to authentically like this team now. And that's important because D'Lo's, D'Lo's the wild card here, right? He, he's always been the card that has to hit. He still is, right? And... But I feel more confident today that he's going to be a card that does hit than I have you know, pretty much at any other point in time. So there's some value in that. And a lot of that to me is just is about the way he's talking about the team. And, and tonight he was, uh, it was a 40-point blowout, but you know, it was as positive as he's talked about this team. And I think it was, it was interesting to now hear him talk about not only how he fits this roster, but how this roster fits him. D'Angelo, we ask you a lot, being as you know, you're the point guard, like what you bring out, what you can bring out in Cat, or what you can bring out in Ant. What what do you feel like the other side of that, that is? Like, what does Cat bring out in you, and what does Ant bring out in you, and unlock for you on the floor? What I mean, I just think it's so complimentary. Like all three of our games, you know, Cat. I've never played with a player, you know, just with his dynamic ability to be inside out, outside in, push the break, pass. Like he just, today he threw the ball under the guy's legs. And I'm like, that's some shit that I would 
that's something that I would think about doing. And for him to be that big and surprise me like that, I missed the layup. But it caught me off guard just not, you know, having that familiarity with that. And um, I can't imagine what it would be like. Like I said, get some time under our belt. Um, special talent. And then you got a guy like Ant that just, he's just raw. He doesn't even really, he's just playing right now. And, he, and he's showing his ability, um, getting in the lane, facilitating and, and things of that sort. That's that's not my game. I'm not really, a, you know, getting the lane type of guy and put the pressure on the rim. And, and he is. And then when you have Cap doing it as well, it just puts the pressure on the officials. And it just kind of lets me, you know, just kind of, makes my job easier as a point guard um, to just guys are in the right spot and just get them the ball while they're there. And, um, it's, it's so fun, honestly. Super fun. The Timberwolves actually being in a different place than these other tanking teams is, you know, that's is about having the three of Cat, D'Lo, and Ant, you know, sort of starting to recognize who they can be within this roster. Like, those other teams have guys who they hope are eventually part of their next, like, playoff core you know Houston's got their Christian Wood Kevin Porter Jr. Jay Sean Tate Detroit's got their Jeremy Grant and their little stable of impressive rookies Oklahoma City's got Poku and you know whatever they're trying to shake out in their like kind of version of being the process Sixers you know Orlando's got Cole Anthony they traded for RJ Hampton and now they got a pile of draft picks Cleveland's got Sexton Garland and Jared Allen like those aren't very good cores. And the Wolves, you know, if Cleveland's trio, right? That's probably the best of those. Like, if that's the best trio, then the Wolves are just, they're obviously in a better spot than any of those other bottom feeder teams are in terms of, you know, like what's actually on the roster right now. And that's, that's nothing to be that, you know, proud of. But, I mean, those are, those are the worst teams in the league. But it does, it does signal that you're in a different, tier and I know we, we know that but it's becoming clearer and, and and the other side of it is at the same time you know with those teams still kind of searching for their cores and the Wolves already knowing their core like there's a there's a far greater level of pressure for the Wolves to turn things around quicker you know they got to recognize this potential fast like those other teams have you know they have kind of the understood luxury of being able to turn their rosters a little bit more over these next few years like the Wolves don't have that. The Wolves can't really, the Wolves can't miss on moves anymore. You know, the, the things that the Wolves have in the stable, like, got to be the things that take them to the race, right? For the most part, I, I know, I know, losing would 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 help with the ping pong balls. But as I sit here with four four games left in the season, like. Personally, I feel better about what the Wolves have in the stable than I have before. You know, the the Cat D'Lo Ant core is no longer like theoretical in my mind. Like I, I'm not just picturing it anymore. I've I've pictured. I, I've seen it, and I, I I squint at it on good nights tonight, and I kind of you know believe in it a little bit. And I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said that a couple months ago. I think that's I think that's that, whatever that is, is really what's kind of been exchanged for ping pong balls this past month. I asked both Chris Finch and Carl Anthony Towns about this after tonight's game, too, and we'll get into what those guys had to say and dig into it a little bit deeper here after a quick break. Ah! 
Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instacarma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and there are free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Look, no one's perfect. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash more now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash more and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash more now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash more. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. All right, let's dig a little more into this whole value of winning here versus the value of winning versus lottery balls. And, you know, again, it's feeling like the safe assumption is the Wolves are going to follow the number six slot in the lottery. Certainly, again, a deeper slot than deeper slide than I expected. You know, the the odds of of losing their pick, you know, will spike from 60% to almost, what is that, 72%? You know, that, that 12% difference there, 12.5% exactly, um, that's basically the opportunity cost, right, of whatever the hell they've been doing since the All-Star break. So, like, what have they gained by paying that cost? Well, since the All-Star break, the Wolves are now 14-18, and 14-16 and 16 in games with Cat, which is, which is actually more wins than the Lakers have. I just looked that up. Um, obviously, extenuating circumstances there, but you know it's also more wins than some teams that are trying. Like the Bulls are twelve and twenty-one since the break. The Raptors are ten and twenty-two since the break. Yep, those teams have been trying to win. I mean, the Spurs, who are going to be in the playing game, they have a worse record than the Wolves do since the All-Star break. The Spurs are fourteen and twenty-one, so better than them too. But overall, as we use like offense and defense, right? Like the the Wolves are number eleven in offense since the break and number 28 on defense, according to NBA.com. And it's basically the same thing. If you filter for garbage time, which there was a, there's a lot of that to filter tonight, the cleaning the glass says they're 12th on offense, 28th on D. So that's what they are. And that's an improvement for sure. Pre all-star break, they were 28th on offense and 25th on defense. But at the same time, you know, I wouldn't say that 12th on O and 28th on D is anything to like hang a 
banner for. Like, so if we're looking for a justification, you need more. We're, we're, we're searching for softer values, you know, kind of like the, the culture stuff. And I asked Chris Finch about this after, uh, after tonight's game. Chris, what would you say the biggest difference is in this team from the first day you got here to today? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a very different team in the sense that, um, you know, D'Lo's back in it and has grown so much. Um, I, I don't know. I think maybe guys are just a little bit more comfortable in their role. Um, maybe a little bit more comfortable understanding, um, what's expected of them and, uh, maybe a little bit more belief that they can win when they take the floor. You've talked, you know, going back a month about how you guys are going to pursue developing a winning culture here. And, you know, the, the idea that that would, you know, would provide value. You've obviously started to win a lot more in this time. I mean, how, how, how have you seen that development of the winning culture kind of come together um, rather than maybe just, you know, playing more guys or playing developmental guys and just really pursuing winning? Well, winning's a lot more fun, you know, so when winning's fun, everything is, it's a lot easier to, to kind of reinforce what you've been trying to sell um, because the guys can see it working. I think a little bit, they're buying in, they're doing the things that uh, make themselves and their teammates better. Um, and I think that's it. You know, it's, it's just more enjoyable. Like it sounds kind of silly, but it, it is a, uh, it's a game, you know, these guys put their heart and soul in their whole life. And at some point it's got to be fun. And the winning is the fun part. I thought it was interesting in there how Finch said that winning allows you to enforce what you're trying to sell. And I think that's really, you know, that's really where any of us can kind of draw our own subjective line in the sand of like, was this worth it? You know, if they have been able to enforce their system and their style that they've been selling, like, then that is a pretty decent justification for sacrificing a few lottery balls, right? And I, I think that comes down to, like, you know, your own belief in whether or not they've been able to do this. And it's kind of about, do you apply the eye test to that? Or are you just looking at the numbers? Because you just said, you know, the numbers are better, but they're not, you know, they're not, nothing to write home about. It goes both ways, like on both sides of the ball. Like, do you look at the numbers that say they're one of the worst defenses in, in the league and just label them as that? Like, that's what they are. That's what they're going to be. Or, or, or do you buy into the idea that they've, they've switched schemes and this, that this scheme, even though it hasn't, you know, <laughs> limited points a lot, that, you know, maybe the scheme has activated guys like Ant, you know, guys like Cat, and maybe in a way that will benefit them long term. Or on the other side, do you, do you look at the offense and go, oh, they're you know they're number eleven in the league already, and kind of start to bake in growth from there? Or you know, are, are you skeptical about how the cat and D'Lo pairing might cannibalize some things from Edwards and, and Beasley down the road? Like, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of fair to look at it through both sets of you know glasses. I, I I think where I come down on it is that it's you know it's probably somewhere in the middle, right? It always is. I think. I think they've got guys to buy into more of what they're doing. But at the same time, like, I question of what they're doing if it might not work long term. Part of me questions, like, how much guys buying into what they're selling right now even matters. Like, 
are we sure this is how they're going to stylistically play defense next year? I don't know. I mean, are we sure that these are the guys who are going to be surrounding Cat, D'Lo, and Ant next year? Like, does it even matter if Jordan McLaughlin and Jared Vanderbilt are synergizing well with D'Lo? Like, I know like, people like them, but will they be on the team next year? You know, does it matter that Nas Reed looks good next to Cat? You know, will, will Nas even be allowed to play power forward next year? There, there just seems like there are some things that have gained traction, you know, over these past two months that might kind of prove to be irrelevant. And, you know, with that, that's why I always kind of go back to Cat, D'Lo, and Ant, like asking, are they buying in? Do they fit what they're selling? Because the answer to that has certainly not always been yes, like over these past two years. It hasn't, it hasn't made a ton of sense for Cat or a ton of sense for D'Lo or Ant at times. Like, and that's why I was talking about D'Lo at the top of the show. That's why I think that matters. I think that's important because I've seen D'Angelo also be disillusioned by what the Wolves are selling. And that's why I've talked about Ant as much as I have over the past few weeks. Like, he, he's starting to do things that could both be sustainable and impact winning within this roster. Like, that matters. And then, and Cat's kind of the one, he's kind of the one that we like, we, right, we've, we feel like he, we assume he fits into anything. He's kind of like that ace of spades. Like he's an ace. So he's kind of going to, he's going to, he's going to fit into any hand, but like an ace of spades is, it's like only really valuable if you've got four other spades, right? Like you just got a, you just got a high card or, or I don't, or you need another ace or two. But you know, it's not, it's not just about fit. It's about him. You know, it's about him being bought in, him believing kind of in how he fits into the deck. I, I asked Cat after the game kind of where he's at in terms of his belief and excitement with this group. Kind of, if, you know, is Cat in the same place in his head as Delos started to talk about? How is, how is he looking at all this going forward? Oh, that's kind of what I was going to ask you about. It's been interesting talking to D'Angelo these, you know, these past few weeks, and, and it seems to us, I think that his excitement level has really like escalated, you know, with this group of like what you guys can do in those 82 next year. So I'm curious, like for, for you, obviously it's been a long year in, in a whole bunch of ways. Like you probably want to be able to catch your breath for a while this summer, but where are you at in terms of, you know, your energy for next year and, and just kind of excitement to attack the summer? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to attack the summer. Obviously, I got to get some things done to get my my wrist and, and body right. So I gotta I gotta work on you know getting healthy. So um, you know, regardless if that requires me, you know, doing what I gotta do and whatever aspect I'm gonna have to do. But you know, I'm gonna keep fighting and keep finishing the season as strong as I can and as healthy as I can, so I could go into the off season with less work needing to be done. Um, you know, I'm just excited that, you know, these guys are just, everyone's just, you know, just growing with each other, um, and everyone's gluing together when it gets hard. Um, and for me personally, I'm just excited to, um, in a selfish way, just see, hear the last horn go off and, um, finally take time. I think take time to, uh, really try to heal the right way. Uh, I've put basketball in front and center for my life, so I wouldn't have to deal with all the demons on the back end, but um, it's going to be good to 
really get some help, you know. So I'm, I'm excited for that personally. And also when that last horn goes off to truly take a step back and be proud of where I'm where I'm at. You know, uh, you know, I've came a long way in this year. Um, so I'm just going to be taking a step back and just truly take a moment to give myself a pat on the back and be happy of how far I've come. And, um, you know, and that's just me being real. Obviously, tonight's game um, on this day holds a whole you know, boatload of added emotions that 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 Carl has that I don't you know have the experience to understand you know Carl Carl went out and he he did what he's done all season he's played through it you know he played he had he only played three quarters tonight because it was a blowout but he had his twenty seven again didn't even play in the fourth quarter you know what, what what I could for sure empathize with Carl about is you know kind of feeling him on you know having some excitement for the like the final buzzer to sound next week on the season and just kind of. You know, he's just kind of got to slow down and recharge and kind of figure out what he's going to be going forward. This season's been season's been insane for him, and that's you know, that's already on top of an insane setup of a season that has been all jammed into a condensed period of time for everyone. Like this year has been go 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 from the jump. Like they all need to kind of breathe and put the pieces back together. I think once this is done, just like as as humans. And, you know, Carl apparently has some health things to handle. It sure sounds like from that answer that he, you know, he'll be having some sort of surgery on that wrist in the offseason. I, I haven't heard much on that in the past few months. I haven't really asked. But I know way back when, you know, a wrist surgery was certainly being talked about. And, I mean, it's probably going to happen this summer. The, the good news is that there will be plenty of time for that to all get handled over the summer. I mean, even if the season starts back like it normally does in like late October, that's what, that's still five months from now, or five months from the Wolves' final game on May 16th to their first one on like October 23rd. There's plenty of time for Carl to chill and recharge. And I don't know, not, not to connect too many dots, but I, I listened to Carl talk like that after the game and – to me, that sure doesn't sound like a guy that's ready to like uproot his life and make another massive change this offseason. Right? Like the, the the possibility of Kat someday eventually requesting a trade obviously looms. Like, you know, we, we can't totally ignore that. But I'm I'm at the point where I would be pretty much floored if that happened this offseason. Like I I think Carl's got at least one more fight in him next year with this roster to see to see what this group looks like at full strength. I think he wants that. I do think he wants to show something here while while he's still here in Minnesota or still under contract in Minnesota. And I believe, you know, I, I think Kat's pretty well pleased with the group that he's set up to do it with. I think he probably, you know, he probably wants, like anyone, <laughs> wants some changes to the roster on the margins. But I don't know. I mean, don't, don't you think Kat kind of likes this group? Obviously, he's into playing with D'Lo and Ant. I really do think he actually likes playing with Rubio too. I think he sees a lot of value in what Beasley could bring to the fold as well. Like, I don't get the sense that he craves Rosa's like overturning the roster to get a guy. You know, the way that you know, the way that Carl might have when he wanted Rosa's to go out and get D'Lo a year ago. I think Cat's like Cat's ready to go with this group. And like 
while it's not a high bar, this group could be as talented next year as any any group he's ever played with, right? Like, obviously, the, the Jimmy year was at a higher level, but I think in Cat's eyes that he thinks this group is on par talent-wise with that Jimmy team. And I, and I know he likes this group of personalities on this roster more than he did on that Tibbs team. Like, that, that Tibbs team was about Tibbs' vision. And really, this current team has been put together pretty much in Cat's vision. And as a star player, you know, there, there's not a ton more you can ask for other than that. It's, I think if I'm Cat, I, I like the direction that this is moving in right now. That's what I got for you tonight. Um, I'm recording with Britt tomorrow afternoon. We'll hit on some of these topics then and probably take a more specific look at a few other pieces on the roster. Like, kind of interested to talk to Britt about Vanderbilt, who's, who's certainly been, you know, kind of making a case to be on the roster next year. Somehow, this, this year's over, man. This will be the last pod I think that Britt and I do together during the the 2020-21 season, which is which is wild to say. I mean, I, I'm going to talk more. Maybe I'll put it in tomorrow's episode a little bit about like what the plan is for the pod through the summer. But just know, like right now, it's it's not going away. I'll still be doing numerous pods a week. They might not all be super Timberwolves specific. Um, talk about the playoffs and stuff. But you know, Britt will still be coming on the pod weekly. Um, it's just that pods like this one, the, the gamer kind of pods, those will obviously be put on pause for the next few months because there <laughs> won't be games. So look for that pod with Britt and I that will be in your feed probably sometime Monday evening. And then I will be back to chat with you all after Tuesday's game in Detroit. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah.